0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Hotline Offline. I'm your host, Esther Choi. I'm a chef who's worked in numerous kitchens and currently running several of my own. And throughout it all, I've gotten a lot of practice at problem solving in the kitchen and answering burning questions. There are plenty of times when food sings on its own, when a little bit of salt or a splash of lemon is all you really need to bring a ton of flavor. But to really bring the most flavor to any dish, we need to talk about spices, Kantan and I go way back when she competed on Money Hungry, but she's so much more than a tasting champion. Kantan is an incredible food blogger, podcaster, cookbook author, and she has a PhD in molecular biology from Harvard. So she's truly an expert on the benefits of using spices for your health and for ultimate deliciousness. So let's get into it. So today we are talking all things spices and who better to talk to than the spice queen, also known as Chief Spice Mama. And I'm so, so excited to have you on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thank
1: you so much for having me. It's super fun to be here.
0: Spices are a big part of your cooking and your concept as a blogger and cook. You use spices in many ways, not just for flavor, but... Very interestingly, health benefits.
1: Yeah, you know, I think in certain cultures, um, like in India where I grew up, people do think about spices and health because it's really integrated into our traditional medical system. I think it's the same with traditional Chinese medicine. But yes, you're right. For the most part, people think of spices as a bit of a flavor enhancer, if that, and kind of reserved for that one special recipe and that one special cookbook not really something that they're kind of using all day every day and i'm really on a mission to change that (laughs) because i think yeah i mean i you know i'm a scientist by training i did my phd in molecular biology and i grew up in india where this connection between spices and health is very very strong you know my grandmother would give me turmeric milk when i was sick and i always thought it was just overhyped kind of Some mumbo jumbo, basically. And I'm the real scientist and I don't believe all this. And then I go to do my PhD at Harvard Medical School and my lab starts to study turmeric for breast cancer prevention and specifically the compound curcumin, which is like the bioactive compound in turmeric. And it was a real aha moment for me. It was like, okay, all this ancient wisdom that's been passed down the ages and generations, there's something to it. Not only do these things add amazing flavor and make cooking so fun and exciting and creative, but we could also be really boosting our health by adding them to things. So um, that was a moment where I really felt like maybe someday I would do something with spices and health. And then sort of three, four years later is when I started my blog. And that's exactly what I did.
0: In Korean culture as well, like using like ginseng, that was like one of the most medicinal ingredients or spices that you could use in not only your cooking, but like to make and actually brew medicine that you would take every day or when you're sick. I mean, I love it. Whenever I look at your Instagram, I'm like always inspired by not only like enhancing like flavor, but like, you know, thinking about like my health and what I can eat on an everyday basis to kind of feel better about myself.
1: Yeah, it's a win win. And you're, you know, you're so right. I think every culture has, um, especially like cultures that have been around for a long time, have really learned to use plants and plant based ingredients that are locally available, that are sort of unique to the geography and really use them as medicine. And the cool thing is now modern science is showing us that the medicinal properties of these things are genuine and real. You know, one of the common um, criticisms I encounter with spices and health is people say, well, it can't possibly be doing anything in such small amounts because, you know, you might sprinkle a little paprika on your potatoes or cinnamon in your oatmeal. Like, how could it actually be doing something in such small amounts? But some of these plant-based foods are so concentrated in the beneficial compounds that we have now actual studies showing that like half a teaspoon of cinnamon is really helpful to balance blood sugar. It's not like a giant amount in a pill. Um, You know, a tablespoon of a spice blend can really help manage inflammation. So I'm just really excited that we can actually leverage culinary amounts of these spices. Like we don't have to make some super concentrated tea or take a supplement um, and we can still get incredible benefits.
0: Also, if you think about it, if you're eating that cinnamon, like a teaspoon of it every single day, because it's now a part of your routine, then just generally speaking, you are consuming it on a daily basis. So overall helping your health. Exactly. So I guess like digging deep into some of the questions that um, a lot of our listeners are asking. So the question, I want to experiment with using new spices in my cooking. What's a good place to start?
1: Yeah, it's a really common question. And I love it. Um, I think for those of us who grew up with spices as an integral part of our cuisine, it's sort of second nature, because you saw your mom doing it, your grandma doing it, whatever, you know, but for people who didn't grow up that way, it can feel a little intimidating. So I always suggest that people start with sort of a small collection of about four to five spices that they can almost like a like a painter would use um, to create you know art as part of their sort of like little toolkit and so people always say what five spices should i start with like you can start with whatever you like but i pick these five that i'm going to share because i think they are easily available they are very versatile so you can use them in you know more traditional dishes like curries but you can also use them in like things that we just eat every day in a modern global kitchen like Whatever, scrambled eggs, pancakes, smoothies, you know, all the usual things. Right. So, the five spices that I like to recommend for someone new to spices number one would be turmeric. The reason I pick it is because it's very versatile. It's pretty inoffensive to the palate. If you think about it, if you use very large amounts, it can be a little bitter. But for the most part, Mm -hmm. it's a little earthy and kind of nondescript, um, adds a lovely hue. And we also know that it really does have incredible health benefits that are constantly being validated by modern research. So for that beautiful combo of like easy flavor, accessible flavor, not too overpowering, plus health benefits, that's my number one starter spice.
0: Can I ask you what would be a really kind of easy way to use turmeric?
1: Yeah, to me, it really brings this kind of earthiness. And then obviously the vibrancy of color, and then it really does seem to complement the traditional spices we use in India with most dishes, which is cumin, coriander, and chili powder. That's like the trifecta, and then turmeric becomes like the fourfecta, if you will. I mean, just with that alone, you can create pretty much um, a ton of like everyday Indian dishes. So for turmeric, I mean, honestly, the sky's the limit. So scrambled eggs, fried eggs. The important thing with turmeric is that it really does need contact with a fat source and heat to really bloom, as we say, in sort of culinary language. Um, you want to activate some of these beneficial compounds in turmeric that seem to be heat activated and fat soluble, which is why you'll always see the grandmas sprinkling it in a little bit of oil or clarified butter or ghee. Right. So you you know you would take your oil or ghee, you would put the turmeric in. And then you can throw in like green beans and you know, like anything you would normally do at the stage, sort of when you're adding your aromatics, like if you're adding garlic and onion, you just add a little turmeric, bloom it, and then continue on in your recipe. So if I'm sauteing kale with garlic and a squeeze of lemon, I'll just throw turmeric in there. If I'm making rice and I like to saute a little bit of garlic, saute my rice and then add the water, I'll throw turmeric in there and now I have golden rice. I might put turmeric in my oatmeal and turn it into like a golden milk oats. So really it's a very sort of beginner friendly spice because you can really add it to so many things. And, you know, I always tell people start with a little bit and then build from there to know how much of that earthy flavor you enjoy, because you do want to have the spices for health benefits, but you also want to enjoy how it tastes. So you don't want to get crazy aggressive and then sort of, it's off-putting for your taste buds.
0: Get turned off.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know, I love your um, incredible noodle soups that you do in your restaurants. And I'm like, like, I sometimes will just make a broth and I'll use the turmeric root, the actual dried root, the fresh root, like ginger, just like slice it into the broth.
0: I actually love juicing turmeric. That's like one like applicant that I always I always add turmeric to my juices. I guess I never really use the actual dry spice. And now I'm going to.
1: Yeah. People always say, which one should I use the root or the dry spice? I say use both. The root is great in teas, soups, smoothies, juices like shaved onto salad, Um, I think a lot of Thai cuisine uses it that way, which is really lovely. And then the dry powder is more kind of what you would put in the fat, like you do your aromatics and then continue on with your recipe.
0: We'll be right back with Kanchan right after this. And we're back. And what about the other four spices? Yeah, so I would say the
1: next one would be anything in kind of the chili pepper slash paprika family. So these spices have powerful anti-inflammatory benefits. And I love heat, so I love chili powder and everything. It's a little bit of a problem, but if you don't like heat, you can use sweet paprika or smoked paprika and still get a lot of those benefits. I also find it's incredibly easy to use, like kids love it. Mm -hmm. So if you make roast potatoes, I'll always do a little
0: smoked paprika, just add some complexity. And it's not hot. It's, it's kind of more like a sweet spice, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just a sweet red pepper that has been dried and ground down, right? Um, the chili peppers are going to be spicier, but you can just pick whatever version suits your palate. So I would say paprika slash chili powder. Then third would be probably one of my favorite spices, which is something I didn't grow up with, which is sumac. It's a Middle Eastern spice. People like to describe it as sort of lemon without the liquid. Oh my gosh, it's just so vibrant and zingy. And, you know, I love sprinkling it on my salads, on my hummus. If I'm making any kind of yogurt dip, um, it's great on chicken. It's great on fish. I mean, I would use that more as a finisher spice than sort of um, cooking it. But it has really powerful antioxidants and it's really, really versatile as well.
0: I I love that you say sumac because I feel like it's definitely underappreciated and underutilized. But I remember the first time I had sumac when I worked at a Lebanese restaurant and I was kind of blown away. Not only by the beautiful color it brings, it's so versatile, right? Because of that citrusy like note to it. And I just feel like it's such an interesting spice that people don't really think about. Yeah, and it's so
1: easy to use. And, you know, anytime you see that color purple in nature, um, you can be rest assured that you're getting some incredible benefits because of these compounds called anthocyanins, which are just powerful antioxidants. So I just love knowing that I'm doing myself, you know, a healthy favor and everything's tasting more vibrant and alive and with that citrus note. So that's definitely like number three um, in my top five. And then Probably number 4 is cinnamon, so I mentioned it earlier. I love that it can balance blood sugar and I love that it, you know, adds this like holiday vibe to things. I don't know why we reserve it just for the holidays. I feel like, you know, we should be putting it in things all the time. One note about cinnamon is that there are two kinds of cinnamon. So if you're someone that's really embracing cinnamon and enjoying it on a regular basis in larger amounts like in your smoothies or in your oatmeal because you want that blood sugar balancing effect, I would go out of your way to find something called true cinnamon. Um, The regular cinnamon is fine. That's the one that's kind of um, almost like more complex and spicier and deeper. And then true cinnamon, which comes from the um, island country, Ceylon or Sri Lanka is actually lighter and more citrusy and vibrant. And true cinnamon has less of a compound that at large enough amounts can be problematic. So if that sounds like a very confusing mouthful, <laughs> if, you're, if you're having like a tablespoon of regular cinnamon every day, you might be taking in too much of a compound called coumarin, which at high enough doses could be like toxic to the liver. But true cinnamon actually doesn't have any or very little coumarin. So I always tell people who are embracing cinnamon and really using it often to find true cinnamon.
0: And then your last spice.
1: Yeah, last but not least. Always hard to choose, but... I would say cardamom. Um, I always joke and say that would be my middle name if I had to rename <laughs> myself. You know, it's the green pods with the oily black seeds inside. People who've had like rice pudding maybe have are familiar with it. It's actually used in chewing gum because it's a breath freshener. Growing up in India, I ate it a lot in rice dishes and curries. Um, oh my gosh, it's very luxurious and floral and it tends to make things taste dessert-like without the need for added sugar, which is the total win in my books. So I love adding it to things like banana bread, You know, anytime I'm making muffins for my kids, um, even if I'm making like a Dutch baby pancake, I'll just add cardamom. I don't know, it just makes everything taste more elevated, but it's like so easy to use.
0: And um, cardamom comes in pods. Do you grind it up or do you infuse it or do you use it a whole? How would one use cardamom?
1: Yeah. So when I'm being like extra and making my spice chai from scratch, I'll smash the pod to expose the seeds and then infuse my chai with it. But otherwise, I'll actually use the seeds that have been ground up, like ground cardamom. So I can just more easily throw it into things like smoothies, you know, my banana bread batter, my muffins, my pancakes. Um, anything that I'm having where I just wanted to make, wanted to taste like extra special.
0: Right. Very different flavor profiles and they bring different elements to a dish, like whether it be earthy or citrus and acid notes or like floral or like warmth with the cinnamon. You're very thoughtful about the five spices that you recommend because versatility obviously is big with spices.
1: Yeah. And I think once you have that little collection, then you can really get playful and creative and like break some rules you know like maybe add cinnamon to your bolognese and don't have to do it in dessert add it to savory dishes like I mean sometimes I'll add it to my chili like it's you know so it allows you to have enough variety and get creative and then you start to build confidence I think that's what I've noticed with people who are new to spices they just need to feel confident and then it's like the sky is the limit and it's so fun to cook with these ingredients
0: What are some unexpected things that you can like jazz up? You did mention desserts. I feel like when I see your Instagram, I see the use of your spices and it's like, oh, I didn't ever think of adding spice to that dish. Yeah, I
1: mean, I literally challenge people and say, anything you're making, ask yourself, what spice could I add? And it's a great way to, again, just get creative. Also to add your own unique touch to a recipe. Like if you're somebody who loves to make Say, like I mentioned earlier, you know, a great bolognese, like a traditional bolognese. What if you added a little smoked paprika and cinnamon? And then it's that je ne sais quoi, like what is that little (laughs) note, you know? I like to challenge myself anytime I make anything. So if I'm making hot chocolate, I'll be like, ooh, what if I added a little clove and ground ginger? Or if I'm making brownies, I'm like, ooh, what if I added a little cayenne pepper? Just for that little heat, almost like a Mexican hot chocolate, you know? I think it's when we get, when we feel too tightly boxed by rules and recipes um, that we kind of get scared about like breaking them. But I think it's more fun. I mean, you know that as a chef, right? Like
0: just break the rules. Experimenting, right? You got to try it to know, right? If you like it or not. And I do think that spices are that kind of like easy way to experiment, you know, adding like a pinch here, a pinch there. And what I love to do is, let's say I do make like a bolognese, I would take a ladle and put it in a separate bowl and maybe sprinkle whatever spice I want to try and mix it in and taste if I like it. And if I do, I add it to the whole batch.
1: Great tip so that you don't feel like you're totally sabotaging
0: the dish. <laughs> exactly. I mean, maybe like you add something and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have added. it. Exactly. That. <laughs> exactly. I mean,
1: I've rarely had that moment, but I think that'll again build confidence. And, you know, I, I just like, for example, if I see people roasting, vegetables, which is a really easy kind of nice weeknight way to get veggies in. I'm like, oh, why would you just do salt and pepper on a... Okay, here's the thing. I feel like people (laughs) should use spices the way we use salt and pepper. Like we're always adding salt and pepper to things. Why not say, oh, just like I would always add salt and pepper, I'm going to also add at least one other
0: spice. You're right. Why can't we just add like all the other spices as well? And um, spices can expire, Right? Just like any food item can expire. How do you know if your spice is still fresh? And do you have some tips on how to keep your spices fresh?
1: Yeah. So, spices don't really go bad in that they won't actually make you sick. Um, That's quite rare. But what does happen is they just start to lose their luster, their magic, their aroma, their flavor. They are kind of alive in a way with these beautiful compounds that make them have all this flavor and scent and you know different notes and over time in contacting sort of oxygen in the air and light and heat that starts to deteriorate so the first rule of thumb is if you open your spice or your dry or you know jar and you stick your nose close to it and it literally smells like nothing (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's a sign that it's probably lost a lot of its kind of magic the best way to revive that instead of tossing it out right away, I mean, if, if it's literally been sitting there for like two years, you're probably just better off tossing it out. <laughs> but sometimes the way to revive it is to do what we talked about earlier, which is to give it some contact with heat and maybe a fat source,
0: because that can kind of wake it up again. And that, you said, was called blooming, right? Yep, exactly. And should you always bloom your spice? Yeah,
1: so some spices do better with blooming, like turmeric and like the chili peppers, for example. Some you can get away with just sprinkling at the end, like sumac. And like in sumac's case, I think actually blooming it kind of kills some of the flavor. So it's just better as a finisher. Um, but for the most part, I think most spices get activated beautifully with some heat. Um, like you can think of toasting cinnamon sticks, right? Like you can immediately smell that aroma. And that's a sign that those compounds are getting activated. So smell the jar. If you don't smell anything, it's probably too old. You can try to revive it with heat. But the rule of thumb is once a spice has been ground, you really want to try to use it within three to six months.
0: Three to six months. Okay.
1: Yeah. So in an ideal world, I would buy all my spices whole, like whole cumin seeds, whole coriander seeds, whole cinnamon sticks, and then I would grind them fresh at home. And I am the spice queen and I do do that. My rule of thumb is if you grind the spice or you buy it pre-ground, you really want to use it between three to six months. The whole spice actually holds much longer. Some people put their spices in the fridge. I don't really do that myself.
0: I feel like if you do put spices in the fridge, wouldn't it kind of absorb maybe all the smells in the fridge?
1: Yeah, I don't. you know i mean i don't know that anyone's really looked at what happens but to me personally yeah it feels first of all like this the fridge is too brightly lit so that's the other thing spices do better in the dark so because light can also help deteriorate some of those compounds so i always tell people store your spices in airtight containers preferably glass which is inert but if not whatever like don't sweat it like You know, airtight containers away from heat and light is like the number one kind of rule. Um, So it's tempting to have your spice drawer right next to your oven or your stove. But I would suggest like one drawer further away just so it's not constantly contacting
0: all that heat. Right. So room temperature.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, And then I also worry about like the moisture in the fridge and like all the changes in the humidity and stuff. But anyway, so whole spices can last like a year, Um, you know, keep them airtight containers away from heat and light and grind kind of small batches. And if that's just too much, then just buy the pre-ground spice. That's (laughs) fine. But don't expect it to last for like two years. It will just sort of lose all the stuff that it has to offer.
0: Do you have any tips on keeping track of spice or maybe some tips on how you can like utilize it a little bit more? Because sometimes I feel like a lot of people you know, buy spices and then they kind of like throw it in their spice cabinet and then it gets lost all the way in the back. Like sometimes I'm like looking through it and I'm like, oh, I don't even know when I bought this thing probably like 2 years ago, right? I feel like that's a lot of people.
1: Totally. So I have to say I was one of those people even though I have like a million spices and I use them all the time, they were all shoved into this cabinet and half the time I was like I don't know what's back there and I'm too busy, it's too late, I don't you know. Right. So what really changed the game for me was like this very simple three-shelved spice rack that I bought at like the container store. You can get a million, you know, there's all, they're all over like the internet, whatever. And what it did for me is it created in, within my shelf where I store my spices, I can now see all of them at the same time. Cause there, it's like a tiered rack. So, you know, and that's been a game changer. Cause now all I do is I open that cabinet and I'm like, Ooh, what do I see? And then it inspires me. So I know where to find the ones I need, but then I also have a way of looking at all of them. So I can kind of, pull from whatever seems like it would make sense in that recipe.
0: I love that. I feel like, Hanchan, I learned so much from our conversation today. And I'm just so tempted to, like, go to Kalustian's and just, like, raid all the spices. This is my one last thing that I remember from our shoot together when we first met. You talked about spices a lot and talked about starting early, meaning... You know, getting your palate acclimated to spices, so like you know giving spices to your children, right, to your kids, and you know kids can have spices, and I feel like that's kind of like underthought and we we did talk about doing like a baby food line, yes, do you remember <laughs> like a like a spiced baby food line, which I thought was so cool because i I do think that acclimating you know at a very young age to these types of flavor profiles is. Like such an amazing thing, right?
1: totally, I mean, my whole thing started when my son was six months old, and I was giving him spices and all his baby food, and my mom friends were very like curious and a little bit nervous, like they were like, "Is that even legal like I don't know <laughs> um but yeah, cultures have been doing it for centuries, you know i don't think I think my the first thing I ate growing up when I was six months old was khichdi, which is a very traditional Indian dish of like it's like a rice porridge with lentils, basically and it always has cumin and turmeric, at least if not other spices. So there's no basis like there's no actual health or scientific basis to give babies bland food. And in fact, we know the opposite is helpful, which is exposing them early. Like you don't need to give them the hot spices, but most spices aren't actually spicy. They're aromatic and flavorful. So you can totally give them all kinds of spices. And it's only going to expand their palate and set them on this journey of more adventurous eating.
0: I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for your insight and. I I just like listening to you talk because you're just so insightful and so smart and you really love to think about food in you know, all different perspectives and different ways. So thank you.
1: So kind, Esther. Thank you. I love the questions you asked and I love talking about this stuff. And like I said, you know, I'm on a mission to just get people to embrace spices every single day, have so much fun and get a health boost while they're at it.
0: Thank you so much, Kanchan, for everything, all of your knowledge. If our listeners want to come find you, where can they find you? Yeah,
1: no, thank you so much for having me. So I am very active on Instagram as Chief Spice Mama. And then you can also check out my blog where I post all my recipes, uh, SpiceSpiceBaby.com. I also have a cookbook Um, which is also available through the blog. And I also finally am resurrecting my podcast called Radical Vitality. You can listen to it anywhere podcasts are listened to. Um, We have a new season coming and we basically talk to experts, scientists, doctors, thought leaders about how we can all experience more vitality in our lives despite the challenges of modern life.
0: Love it, love it. Thank you, thank you again. Thanks so much. Thank you so much to Kanchan Koya for joining us on the podcast. Talking with Kanchan made me crave some wholesome foods, so I'm going to go find some spices to cook with, and maybe I'll begin my quest for the true cinnamon. If you have any more questions that you're dying to know the answer to, remember to leave me a message at 518-291-9877. Hotline Offline is a Food 52 podcast and is produced by Coral Lee and Harry Sultan. Remember to follow so no questions go unanswered and no answer goes unheard. Bye.